three, two, one. Nowhere in the States football, here are your hosts, the Taco Slayer Jorge, and MLS card guy, Chris. Oh, welcome back to another episode of Silver in the States. Chris, the MLS card guy, is here with me as always. Congratulations to Columbus crew for winning MLS Cup. Hey, we were at MLS Cup. Shout out to Silver for sending us out there. I didn't get a t-shirt, but I did get the sickness. So, hey, this is a little <laughs> delayed, but we're getting there. Hey, Chris, you know who else was at MLS Cup, though? Hey, if you were on YouTube, you've already been spoiled. You already know. But we have with us an MLS writer over at SBI Soccer. He has been all over the place with Area Sports Network. Fabian Renkel, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Man, what an introduction. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. good. <laughs> um yeah i mean i was at mls cup i was gonna meet up with you guys but unfortunately the time just passed and and everything's just a party out there when, i mean if you had, if all the listeners haven't been to an mls cup yet you have to go to one because yeah. it's it's definitely a spectacle ever since they kind of went back to going to the home team instead of just like a neutral zone um it's been a big spectacle and, and every time it's a blast so if you have a chance get out to one yeah, absolutely, and and uh, we we definitely wanted to meet up as well. We we went to go get some cheesesteaks, and we were just like, "Nope, we're out. We we gotta go home. We gotta drive home." Uh, oh, and I know you guys are good. you're out there working, doing doing your thing. So, um, but yeah, we appreciate you uh, you coming on the show and and talking a little footy with us. So, uh, let's let's jump right in. Jvic is here as well. I, I saw that comment that you threw up there. Love Jvic. He's our guy. Um, let's get right into it. Let's talk about MLS Cup, right? Columbus Crew. Gets the dub, uh, kind of held on a little bit at the end, but but fairly dominant throughout yeah. the uh, throughout the course of the night. Um, really, kind of the deserved team. Was it always going to be an East Coast team? Like the Western Conference, a little down this year. Um, basically, the what top three, four seeds were all from the Eastern Conference. So, uh, yeah, I what, what what do you think about the uh, MLS Cup? Just kind of first impressions and, and overall in this season. Well, you know, the West Coast didn't have Inter Miami, DC United, and Charlotte to beat up on every week. You know, so, okay, okay. So our, I would say our side is a little deeper, okay, than, than, than the other side. But no, <laughs> uh, yeah, we only had Colorado to beat up on. Maybe the, yeah, DC was a hard game every game. It's just they got unfortunate, really. Uh, but MLS Cup was awesome. I mean, honestly, the best thing possible before Messi comes and runs runs the table, right? Like. This is probably we saw a beautiful soccer team uh, come, you know, beautifully coached soccer team. Yes, and just completely outplay the favorite. I mean, I, I had to be honest, I had LAFC as the favorite because of the reigning champs. Really, uh, Chiellini, you know, Buanga, the Golden Boot. They had everything besides the midfield, and, and we all saw that the midfield it was <laughs> needed help. Uh, yeah, you know, Vegas had LAFC as the favorites, and. Uh, I really thought they were going to run the table. I, th- I really thought LAFC was going to hold off one, you know, zero, zero. And then a, a corner kick goal goes in off of Chiellini's face. And, and then Buanga puts one at the end, you know, so, and then it would be two, zero, you know, LAFC wins, but completely different game. I saw a completely yeah. different game. I saw Will, uh, Wilfred Nancy completely just outplay Chirundolo and every tactic he had possible. Uh, Kellen Acosta and Ilya Sanchez looked very, very slow on you know, to try to get pressure. Old. Yeah. 
And um, I, I don't know. LFC is going to, you know, it's funny is like you won the championship two years ago, but you're, you're completely, you're in a retool rebuild slash I, yeah. like you got to change over a couple of guys in that starting lineup. You ever heard of this guy called Diego Rossi? He's kind of good. I don't know if you guys out in LA have ever <laughs> seen him play, but uh, he, uh, he was all over the place and, and Cucho Hernandez obviously as well. For my money, probably the two best players on the field. Yeah. Uh, as far as pure talent right now, obviously Vela with the long career, Chiellini with the long career. But as far as actually having an influence on the game, Aiden Morris too. My God, that dude had some absolutely wild passes. Uh, and he is going to be an interesting one to watch for the U.S. national team and uh, and just as he goes throughout his career. So, yeah, it was really interesting game. I, I think we both kind of were on the on the East Coast side. Like whoever wins the Cincy Columbus game is is probably going to probably going to take it home. Uh, and that game was wild as well. Um, but, yeah, it was a it was a fun time. Great spectacle. Um, MLS put on a, a great show um and uh and, and kind of capped off a, a really fun really great season and then they go and drop some news uh last friday and now the whole world's mad at them so let's let's talk about this because we have to uh we have to get into it right like we have no choice uh mls is uh is pulling out as of now i guess they're still pulling out um of the u.s open cup with their first teams u.s soccer said no 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 you're not playing your backup teams that's not going to happen um what's the mood like what's the what's the vibe around from uh from like reporters and from yeah. you know, fans and, and teams yeah of course i mean all the fans all the reporters you know everybody that's involved in soccer right now and has been in, in soccer for the last five to ten years knows how important this tournament is knows how important a ccc berth is now i mean change the name you know Cam, uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna learn that one it's still <laughs> um but at least for a few years, you know, Sacramento's run was something yeah. that was so special two years ago. And and I got to cover Sacramento. Actually, I used to work for the cup.us and I got to cover Sacramento and because I'm in the Northern California area, um, Sacramento, Monterey, all these other teams. Uh, last year, LAFC brought uh, their MLS Next Pro team to play Monterey. And that was probably one of the most fun matchups I went to all season. Right. It yeah. was just once the penalties. Right. It went down yeah. to the wire. Yakupovich, uh, the third stringer for LAFC, was just like, you know, triple uh, triple aging the crowd, you know. So it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it was like, oh, dang, this is a U.S. Yeah. Open Cup game, you know. And I I go to those games when the other teams are hosting like Sacramento, Monterey, the, the lower leagues, because it's such a good time. You get yeah. all these people out to go see LAFC. And unfortunately, maybe they don't know that, hey, you know, Vela's maybe not playing, but but they still have a great time. They support their lower lower team or lower league team, and they're just excited to go on in this tournament. So, in my opinion, I talked to a couple of players around the league as well, and they're not happy with it either. Um, of course, you're going to get guys like Messi, Suarez, um, even you know older guys like Shakiri who maybe don't care too much about <laughs> Open Cup games, and and they look at this kind of schedule congestion that everybody has, and you know eight games might, might be less for them. So it's, it's really, it really depends because a team like San Jose, if you're in this new rule, right, but there's no rule policing the MLS next pro team to have as many MLS guys, right? So you can have, you know, eight MLS guys on your MLS next pro team, which is possible. But if you're San Jose, you're sitting at no silverware in the last 10 years, you're close 
to a quarterfinal berth in the U.S. Open Cup, of course you're throwing Cade Cal in there. Yeah. Of course you're, of course you're throwing Jeremy Abobasi and Christian Espinosa in there. That's the easiest route to uh, a Champions Cup berth and a, a chance of silverware. So I actually, you know, I wasn't too appalled by this decision because there's, again, there's no policing of MLS players playing an ex-pro. So it's like, I don't see a team like the San Jose Earthquakes or even like, uh, even no, Cincinnati just won, but even like a DC United not throwing their, their whole team if they're in the quarters of the semis, right? So it, I don't know. I just, I didn't think it was going to last, to be honest, because then you're going to get Benteke against a whole bunch of MLS, MLS ex-pro kids, and then that's not going to be good either. So yeah. um, I, I wasn't too worried. I, I really thought the, the right thing was going to happen. Um, but I just think it's an odd move by the MLS. But, hey, you know, they want the messy money to themselves, right? So, yeah. But but I'm a big believer. This is where I'm a little different. I'm actually a really big believer in Leaks Cup. I actually think Leaks Cup is the future of, of MLS. I think because we're on the, I'm on the West Coast, I do see the Mexican influence every single day. If I walk out to San Jose or San Francisco, I'll see Pumas jerseys, Chivas jerseys, America jerseys, Cruz Azul You'll you'll rarely see an earthquakes jersey or even a Sacramento jersey. So, I think the combination of Liga Mekis and MLS playing in a serious tournament is the future for this league because you're gonna get a whole bunch of fans just influx watching who the heck is this you know Paul Marie guy in San Jose or who who the heck is uh you know like Facundo Torres? Of course they know Facundo Torres. But like why is he hey. playing in Orlando? Right? So <laughs> I don't know. I just think. Mexico is such a big market that we yeah. don't even realize that if people are talking about Facundo Torres on every single Mexican newspaper, MLS exponentially growth or grows overnight. And, and that's why I think League's Cup is the future. But unfortunately, it came at the, you know, at the death of U.S. Open Cup. But I think there's going to be a way. So that was going to be my question, actually. Are the yeah. two kind of like mutually exclusive, right? Like we can I like I have personally would be all for like growing leagues cup growing playing more against mexico playing more against the caribbean teams right. playing more against the canadian premier league teams i'm all for it like let's expand champions league let's do the whole fifa club world cup thing and expand up up, up there um uh, but does that kind of preclude u.s open cup games right like mls teams play less games than uh than premier league teams premier league has the carabao cup and the fa cup right. and they play in the champions league Right, so they have four different competitions they're playing in. MLS can't play in three with less games in their normal regular season schedule. Like, what? Why? Why are the two mutually exclusive? Yeah, look, I mean, I really do think everything is possible. I mean, yeah. I don't understand. You know, there's owners in this league, and we all know who those owners are, right? <laughs> that held back the league this last week, right? I mean, no fourth DP, no increasing in spend. I mean, maybe right. a little bit of increase, increased spending. Well, a little yeah yeah right so <laughs> it's like just expand the rosters expand the spending and let them play every tournament you know let them decide who they want to play if they want to throw Messi versus the Tampa Bay Rowdies then let them do it you know it doesn't matter but I, I highly doubt a team with an asset that big is gonna not track their games anyway so I, I don't know I, I didn't think it was the best decision by MLS to make that decision for teams but at the same time I made a tweet the other day saying, you know, Lionel Messi is going to be the biggest MLS next pro jersey sales of all time, right? So, like, if he, if he goes down, it plays if he goes down, right, yeah, right, right, right. But no one's saying, no one's going to tell him, no, you can't do that because there's no rule against it. So, true. I, I don't, I don't know. I think 
you know, MLS Next Pro has that weird font. So I was saying, you know, if, if you sell a messy jersey in that weird font, hey, that's another like exclusive <laughs> special order jersey that you could sell. Um, Play him in one game and then he right, gets to sell yeah. the jersey forever. <laughs> Just like all the all the jerseys that he hasn't played in that they're still selling with his name on it. Yeah. Right, right. Was, huh. But but um like in San Jose, there's a I, I think a lot of you guys might know this guy, Shea Salinas. He's mm-hmm. a San Jose Earthquakes legend, but he played one game in MLS Next Pro, and it was like, dude, who has that jersey? You know, like <laughs> that jersey better be in the Quakes Hall of Fame or something, right? Because yeah. that's a cool one, right? Like a legend goes down to play a next pro game with a whole bunch of 22-year-olds. It's like when Derek Jeter goes on a rehab assignment and plays in, you know, Toledo Mudhens jersey right. or something like that. Exactly. It's like the biggest game ever for the Toledo Mudhens. Which is uh, which I actually like MLS Next Pro for that reason too. Yeah. I think if you're a professional league in MLS or in in the in the United States, you're going to have to have an affiliate team. I mean, maybe some of the teams should be rebranded and and kind of taking that USL approach where for San Jose, they had a team in Reno, Nevada that was the affiliate. Maybe a little too far, but I think some teams should, you know, venture off a bit and be a smaller town's team because then they'll embrace it completely. Well, I think the, the academy system, like it's starting to, right? And yeah. and it really is like you, you see it in Orlando, like they're starting to build out. You know, Miami has an academy as well. And it's it's and it's it's weird, like you kind of you kind of mentioned earlier where it's like it's weird that MLS came out and made the statement than they did when teams already rotate early rounds yeah. anyway. It already happens, we already know it. Why not just Keep it the way it is. Play, play nice, right? And then just be like, yeah. Tell your teams, hey, play your kids, and maybe don't take it as seriously, and then go from there. But they just stirred the pot for what? And I do agree that League's Cup and Open Cup can coincide, and there is an untapped Mexican market. I am one hundred percent Mexican, so like I understand it when Santos comes and plays in Orlando. Everyone comes out of nowhere. You're like, where the right. heck did all these people come right. from? And where are they every Saturday? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. So, like, there's an untapped market. But you'd think MLS having Messi here, having everybody is here watching right now. This is the time that you want to literally put everything under the spotlight. And they're like, eh, now nah, open cup, you go over there. We, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's mind boggling. I don't, I don't get it. There has to be something happening behind doors because, like you said, everything is going perfectly smooth. You just landed the best player in the world. Apple TV's in love with you. I mean, everybody, everybody's having a good, you know, sizable pocket change right now. So, mm-hmm. what's going on behind closed doors where the federation and MLS are kind of at a, you know, cro- a crossroads? So, ah, there has to be something. There's something that I just don't think we should all get too mad about it because I, I, I from the start, I was not worried. I, I knew, I knew it, they were going to make it right. You know, is it just kind of a pride thing? Like, a, Oh, well we run the joint now we can make the decisions and us soccer just has to kind of listen to us. And it's just kind of like a, we're going to do this cause we do this anyway. And now we're going to actually say we're doing it uh, yeah. as opposed to like, I mean, cause they always play the kids for the first few rounds anyway. Um, but I mean, like you said, once they get to the quarterfinal, once they get to the semifinal, like Cincinnati ran out of their full starting eleven against us in the in the quarterfinal, um, and and we got beat for sure. Um, but it was like a worldy goal that beat us, and you know that was that was cool to watch though. Like we went to the game, there were probably like thirty of us that that went to a game. We don't get thirty people to travel to any USL games, right? So biggest game of our season. Um, like they're still they're still getting their chance at uh, at Messi in the semifinals and and that was a great game too. So you get to see more MLS and MLS uh, kind of games on there. So um, 
I kind of like, I feel like everybody almost wishes the open cup were bigger. Like everybody wishes everybody cared about the open cup and just nobody does for some reason. And it's like the FA cup is huge. Like, why is this any different than the FA cup? You know, I actually don't think nobody cares about the US open cup. This is the weirdest part for me. When people said that, I was just like, I don't, I don't necessarily believe it too much. Cause on the West coast, I mean, Monterey, like I said, is a, is a pretty big team in a, in a somewhat secluded area where you're not going to drive to San Jose. Sacramento wanted to be an MLS team. So we maybe we have stronger kind of second division clubs out here in, in California, at least. But every, I mean, shoot. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes the Sacramento Republic will have more fans than the Quakes in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know if there's yeah. people. The, two, that... the second division teams definitely care. Yeah, but it's like the MLS teams, the MLS fans, like they don't, they don't care, they don't show up. Like we went to Cincinnati, the stadium was half full, and it was like literally one half. The team knew half the stadium wasn't coming, um, and it's like, I mean, why? It's a quarterfinal. You're playing for right. a trophy. Uh, like the other team is doesn't doesn't get paid as much as you, and they're not quite as good as you, but like they're still a decent team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like cup sets happen all the time. Um, and there's always a team that goes on a run to like the quarters of the semis from a, from a lower division. So um, yeah, those teams definitely care. And it's, and it's huge uh, for, for them. Uh, and it just seems like MLS just like, eh, well, they're kind of fending for themselves. Like we're, we're looking out for ourselves now and we're, we're going to go play Liga MX and our normal schedule. And you guys are on your own. But like at the same time though, like we kind of romanticize the open cup because we're sickos right. and we're in it like that. Like you, you, you got to think, especially like you got to think the amount of clubs that actually came up from USL. You got to think Orlando or, did, Cincinnati you know, did. Like there are teams now that have that history that are coming into the hey, they were the small fry hosting an MLS team, and that's where since he started. Deal. So like yeah. fans, fans for those teams, they care about it more to where like. The casual fan, you got to think where MLS was five years ago to today is completely different. And like, we're just not caught up in that people haven't been invested long enough for them to actually really care about the Open Cup. So when they're throwing this fancy new shiny thing in front of them now, which is this crazy intercontinental like competition with Liga MX and all this thing. And like, yeah, it seems like a money grab and it seems like the easy thing to point at and blame. But at the same thing, like, maybe the open cup isn't exactly what we thought it was even though it should be it definitely should be but i just i don't think it was there yet unfortunately and i think mls execs kind of see that i actually think the whole problem isn't the u.s open cup i just actually think the average american doesn't know the superstars that are on the team or they don't know even like the subs in MLS teams. And I think the problem actually roots from MLS. Cause if you go to a San Jose, Colorado game, it's going to be half empty to be honest with you. So I actually don't think it makes a difference if it's the shoot. I even think a Sacramento Republic and a Quakes game would sell more than, than yeah. a Colorado San Jose <laughs> game. So um, I, I really don't think it's that nobody thinks the U S open cup is sexy. I think if you tell a normal American that watches you know, the Dan Patrick show or, or, or watches, uh, Oh shoot. What's his name? Uh, the, Oh, it's, it's, it's slipping the, the punter from, uh, Pat Pat Mac- Mac- yeah, I'm like, yeah. I can't believe it shows that I'm not in the Midwest. Huh? No, uh, <laughs> uh, Pat McAfee show, you tell them the story behind yeah. the open cup and they'll fall in love with it. You know how many times they probably thought, you know, this triple a ball can probably be 
the St. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. You know, like it, it's it's just it's so it's so easy to romanticize a Cinderella story, and in an MLS or in a U.S. Open Cup tournament, I actually think the problem lies with MLS teams not being promoted enough maybe and not having enough superstars or at least not selling enough superstars to the average American. Um, I, I know that's my angle a lot. I mean, I always try to, when I'm reporting or when I'm doing something, I always think about the average American. I always think about yeah. not just the soccer fan, but how am I going to sell Denny Bawanga to, uh, you know, a guy who watches Nebraska every Saturday, you know? So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough draw. You but, sell him you know, Duncan McGuire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But like Brandon Aubrey's killing it with the Dallas Cowboys, and I, I tweet about it all the time because it's it's actually a big deal because they're like, wait, we have a professional soccer league, you know? Like <laughs> maybe we can grab more kickers from there, you know? So uh, I don't know. I just think I personally think that League's Cup is is bringing in new fans. Yes, like like you said, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a Tigres versus San Jose where a whole bunch of Tigres fans live around California. They're gonna travel for that game. Of course, they're gonna come see their team because. Again, Liga Mekis, I think we're all understanding Liga Mekis is bigger than MLS. And I think that's that's the thing that maybe not everybody wants to talk about. And I want to say that's probably the reason why why these Leagues Cup is selling out. It's not because it's sexier than the U.S. Open Cup. It's that they want to see Gignac score a crazy golazo versus San Jose. It's not, it's not that, oh. Tigres is a good team. No, they have right. superstars. They know superstars. Their family was involved with that team. It, 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 you, you were born into being a Tigres fan. Uh, you know, it might be a little different for U.S. Open Cup, but I just don't think that the U.S. Open Cup is the issue. I think the issue is Colorado doesn't have enough history to sell the game on its own. Right. And, I mean, you're going to get that with uh, with League's Cup. Like, Tigres hasn't come here in forever. Like they may play a friendly every now and then, right. but playing an actual competitive game in the United States just doesn't happen. So like any Tigres fan is going to go out to that. Now, if they were to do it four or five times a year, you're going to start to see those attendances drop down a little bit. Right. Um, and that's not because like the fans are not passionate or anything. That's just like, I'm getting one chance to see Tigres. Like I have to do it. I have to like get, I have to get there. Yeah. Um, but if it's like, oh, I can go, I can go next month. I can go next year. It's fine. And we start to like play leaks cup all, all the time. Like I think once the shiny newness wears off, um, it'll be very similar, you know, it'll, it'll be very so? similar to, to open cup. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. Cause I, I think, uh, like I said, it, it's, it's got a very shiny newness to it to where everybody's like, I have to go see my team. I have to go see my team and fun. they still will come, but it's like the more you do something, the less like the less scarce it is, like the less special it is, if that makes sense. Like it's special for for say us to play Cincinnati because we don't play Cincinnati every year, right? right. We don't even get to play MLS teams every year. We've played right. like I, I think we've played like um because we had a long run this year, we played three teams. But before that, we hadn't played a team since like 2018, you know? So like it's special for us. If we did it every single year. I don't even think we could get people to come, you know, see like if we're just in MLS, like Cincinnati, I mean, Cincinnati pulls everybody, but, um, but you get my point. Like the more you do it, the less like special it is. I totally get your point, but in California, if any league I make these teams come, everybody's going. And if you're yeah, just they show out, man. an American, 
you're showing up. If you're a Cruz Azul fan, you're going to get roasted for showing up to a game that's not Cruz Azul, but you're still going. You're still buying beers. You're still having a good time. So I don't know. I, maybe maybe there's just an un, crazy amount of untapped market in California for Liga Mekki stuff. No, everywhere. But yeah, I think I, the whole South for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All over Texas, the South, California. Like it's huge. Oh, yeah. we're everywhere, baby. We're, we are. We are everywhere. <laughs> don't you? Don't you worry. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, but I, I do understand what you're saying, though. I like. I think the shininess will wear off, but I don't think it's going to wear off that quickly. Just because, I mean, people love Chivas. Like people get yeah. Chivas tattoos. Oh, it won't be next year. Yeah. yeah, it won't be next year at all. So, do do you think they should alternate? countries every year yes I, I am a big fan i was like you know yeah. what next year's league's cup should be all played in mexico and then just every year just oh, it'd be so it. good for the mls it, it would be so sick yeah it'd be uh, great but that's the whole thing right now it's now we're getting that colorado story i told you about but in league i make right like, <laughs> dude they don't care about right, what, no if MLS get, what if you get cruz Azul playing in san jose like they're not gonna sell out right so i understand it i totally understand why it's in the u.s i i know it's not fair I totally know it's not fair, but is the home field advantage that big? At least on the West Coast, it's not. I mean, if, if the LA Galaxy play against Monterey or Monterrey, are they really the home team? You know, so it, it's something to really yeah. think about. They're too. all the same fans. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. There's more Monterey fans there than the LA <laughs> yeah, Galaxy right. fans for sure. Like uh, Mexico just played at the at the Coliseum in LA and it was packed. I mean, and you can see all the LAFC fans in there, and I'm like, oh yeah, they all got a Mexican team too. You know, like what if oh, I made it sure. play LAFC in LA? That's not a home game for LAFC, you know. So right. it's just um, it's something interesting. So it's it's well known that MLS, right? They're like making moves, doing this big thing. One one big thing they did last year was. MLS season pass on Apple. Do you think that was a good move for the league as far as growing it internationally? Because it's a lot easier. You can get everything all in the same place. How are, how do you feel about the first year under Apple TV? Do you think they hit a home run? Do you think there's things they could do different? Where 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 are you? Where's your stance on the? I love it. Pass? 120 percent. All right, I'm gonna tell you this. Teams need to go to their local downtowns and set up Apple TV for every single bar owner. Once they do that, once once your whole city understands how to put on a game <laughs> for your bar, I think that's the biggest next step. And I know that for a fact the San Jose Earthquakes did that. They went downtown and they taught all the bar owners how to put on the games. Um, I want LA is huge, right? But I mean, if LAFC is in a Western Conference final and the bar you walk into can't put on the game, yeah. A little embarrassing, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So that that is that is a loop or something that they need to work on. But two or three years ago, when I started this journalism journey that I did, I lived in Japan. I used to pirate MLS games because there was no other way of watching. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I imagine if I was in Japan today, and, and you know, I could just buy one season of Apple TV's MLS season pass, and I get not only the games, I get you know podcasts that are on there. I get a separate you know, breakaway shows, I get separate off the pitch shows. I get so much content for every single team that it's, it's for me, it's a no brainer. I mean, I, I love, I, I just don't think MLS is ever going to appeal to that demographic that still watches news on TV. And, <laughs> and, and unfortunately 
this is the move that really says, hey, we don't really care about those fans, you know? Right. We care about the 20, 30-year-olds that have an iPhone, but they know how to use it, right? So yeah. we care about those fans a little more. And, and, and I, I just think they did such a great job on season one. Of course, there was going to be blunders. Of course, there was going to be mistakes. But a big thing too is, too, every game was in Spanish. I mean, I love, love, love listening to soccer in Spanish. 100% love it in Spanish because I grew up speaking Spanish, understanding Spanish. It just feels a little bit more homey to me. Um, but yeah, that's something that I hope doesn't go away. It was awesome. And I mean, Spanish is just one language. I think there was French broadcast too. And I think there was other broadcasts as well. So I, I don't know. I just loved it. I love the, the appeal of if Messi is in a, if Messi made the playoffs, I know for a fact they would have pinged every single person's phone with an iPhone. Oh yeah, oh, they yeah. were they were pinging they were pinging everybody's phone when they were playing a friendly against like NYCFC or something. Right, right, right during right. a playoff game. Right, it was like well, they're they're playing an MLS playoff game and you're pinging them about a friendly that Messi's yeah. playing in. That's like that's mind blowing. But I 100 percent get it. Like I know exactly what they're talking about. But like we literally bully people into getting iPhones. Like. You yeah. got green bubbles? What? <laughs> you what's up? Nah, dude. Nah, nah, nah. Get yourself an iPhone. Who are you hiding from? You know, like, but yeah. we literally, we really bully people into getting iPhones. So this move, honestly, was the best move possible for for MLS. Um, I always look back at this one photo where it's all twenty nine captains with, uh, maybe captains or superstars with Tim Cook, and I always look at that photo and I'm like, this photo alone is worth the deal because I think a lot of people see Apple as that premium company. A lot of people see Apple as yeah. almost like Disney like, um, right. and we're the first team or excuse me, first league that's on that platform. So yes, maybe the paywall wasn't the best idea or maybe it was a little too much. Um, I saw the scheduling and I saw that now there's going to be more games on Sundays that are the premium game which is something that we all wanted. And they listened because if yeah. there's a premium game that all of us can watch, we're all going to make that game viral and, and clicks and, and viralness matters in, in this day and age. If we're all talking about Seattle versus LAFC on Sunday, you know, maybe a little change up from football, which is fine. Um, I think it, it, it there's so much more to be gained in terms of viralness, in terms of clicks and in terms of, everything i think i i just i'm a huge fan of the apple move i think I, to be honest espn and fox yes they did a good job Univision, actually Univision did a really good job but did they do the best job no like i i was talking to an espn reporter and he was pissed because on the espn sports center for the night columbus won the championship they didn't cover it they didn't wow, they didn't throw a single, they didn't throw a single clip of the of the whole columbus game in their sports center they said, we're not just going to cover it. We're going to put it on the ticker on the bottom. Like, what? So, And that's why I haven't watched SportsCenter in five years. <laughs> it's like they know at this point in time, they know what they're doing, not letting soccer in. Yeah. And, and it's almost like, I don't want to say it, but it's like baseball and NHL, you know, maybe they're, they're a little scared or, or, or they're kind of pushing these networks to, hey, hey, you know, Otani did this, you know, here, here's this, you know, like. 
because uh, you know I would get mad at people saying, "Oh, Messi doesn't speak English." You know, ah, uh, you know, how does he not speak English if he's the biggest athlete in in America? But then six months later, Otani becomes the highest paid baseball player, <laughs> but no one cares because he only speaks Japanese. Like, right? Nah, dude. Like, so I, I don't know. I have a there's a lot of bones to pick with national sports media, and 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 this just highlights it. And I'm glad we don't have to fight with that anymore. We can just be on Apple TV. And we can appeal to the international fan yeah. while while you know fighting with the domestic fan day by day, really. So, so we're we're allowed to rag on the NHL because they're not on so rare, but Major League Baseball is on so rare. So we gotta <laughs> we gotta stay stay off of them. Um, but no, I yeah, hundred percent get your point. And the other thing that Apple gave was a whole lot of cash, a whole lot of cash. Now the question is, why didn't that cash get reinvested into the rosters? Why didn't why didn't we get more like 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 the MLS has always been Messi. the MLS well, that too MLS got or uh, Messi got a whole lot of that cash too, um so like MLS has always been you know the superstar and then everybody else is kind of eh not really that good, um I think the next step for the league in growth is the depth right. And that allows you to play League's Cup and Open right. Cup and MLS and all of these things that we talk about. If you have 15, 20, 25 legitimate players, and the depth has gotten better, right, with the U23 initiative, all this different stuff that the, that they're doing with the roster rules. Um, and and the uh, I actually think the, the being able to use uh, players that you sell and, and getting to turn that into GAM is actually a bigger deal than a yeah. lot of people are saying. Um, because I'm an MLS nerd sicko and I actually like look at the salary cap and I'm like, oh my God, that's that's like groundbreaking. Uh, but as far as the depth goes, right, we have to invest more. Like we have to just pay these 10 through 20 roster spots more in order to be able to invest in this talent and be able to keep this talent instead of like, you know, guys like, uh, you know, guys like George Bello going overseas, guys like, uh, um, I want to say Jack McGlynn. I guess he's not gone yet, but he's he's definitely going. But those guys that are like integral parts of their teams uh, that leave just because they know they can have a bigger payday in Europe um, if they can't be on a DP contract here. Um, so I think that's like one of the next steps. Maybe is is kind of investing in in the in, in the teams and in the depth. And and I kind of want to get your perspective on you know obviously that didn't happen this off season. You think that's a thing that is going to happen or do you think it's like owners being like, ah, that Apple money belongs to us and we're, we're going to keep that. Yeah. Look, I was there when uh, Stephen Goff, with the Washington post or, or Jeffrey Carlisle with ESPN, either one, my apologies, straight up asked Don Garber, is there going to be a fourth DP? And, and we all looked at him like this was, the moment. <laughs> we like, Oh, he's that Frank. But, he, but that's awesome. You know, that's awesome. That's what we needed. You know, like there yeah. was a lot of tiptoeing around it. Someone then, had to say it. Someone just said you adding a fourth DP, and then Don Garber, you know, at that moment, once he took a de- deep breath, we were like, "Oh, you know, it's not going to happen." It's it, it, yeah, it's wild to me because how Inter Miami got Suarez on a TAM contract is beyond me. All right? those guys, right? Ooh. Right. So there's so um, many. I don't know. I, I just and this was a tough one because we were all expecting it, and and people people that are disappointed with this decision are MLS fans. So it's like. You're disappointing the people that you already have. And right. it's just like, you know, we all know who those owners are. I mean, I already alluded to it, right? So we all know who those owners are. And I know 
Jorge Mas, the owner of Inter Miami, is going to say something. I, I I totally he was saying it last year where you know some of the owners are holding us back, and he's going to say something this year for sure. And I'm hoping next year they can kind of you know hey we got a lot of backlash. I think everybody's ready for it. Let's see how we do in League's Cup. Um, and I hope those Mexican teams really run the table on some of those. Seven zero. Put it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really want to see it because. Yeah. I do. I really. Then do. that lights a fire under you, and you're like, exactly. "Oh, we have to do this." In some cases, though, like I kind of, I I understand the owner's perspective, but they're kind of out of their league, if that makes sense. Like yeah, think yeah, about yeah. DC United. When the DC United owners bought that team, it was maybe fifty million dollars, right? It was basically a really big USL team at this point right yeah. they are now at least a 500 million dollar team if not more and they just they, they don't have that kind of income you know like they cannot support that financially like they bought a 50 million dollar team they aren't ready to have a 500 million a billion dollar team like more growth is actually kind of bad for them right they they literally can't handle it um so i think that's where you get these comments like oh some of these holders owners are holding us back and it's like these guys like dc united and I don't blame them. Like, what, what are they going to do about it? They don't have $300 million to fork over, right? Like, this is their this is their team. So, like, they're selling spots to Mark Ingram for however much money he, they got out of him. And, like, they're, they're trying to, like, get as much money as they can, but they just cannot compete. Yo, got um, it. You know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they're finding anybody off the street who wants to donate them some money. Like, James Harden's in there. Kevin Durant's in there. Like, We'll get anybody. We just can't afford. And and then we get these billionaire owners who are like, we want to spend. We want to spend. Like, we want to compete with the Premier League. We want to compete with Europe. Um, how does how does that get like resolved? Like, you can't force someone to sell something. Um, yeah. but it's like, hey guys, maybe you don't belong here. Yeah. Can we give you a nice severance on the way out? Well, so my whole thing is like, look at Columbus. So Columbus yeah, was a perfect example of an owner who didn't want to really spend in Columbus. Then goes to Austin, spends, flashes the cash for Drewsy, right? Yeah. So it's something that's interesting. But but I feel like the the new Columbus owners, um, in that ownership group, they they run that organization so well. And I really saw it in person at Lower.com. They still have their old stadium for the MLS Next Pro side, and it's almost making me wonder, like, you know how we were talking about, you know, getting better talent on, you know, roster spot number twenty six. Right. Is Columbus going through an MLS Next Pro golden era? Or are yeah. they giving chances to these young guys, playing a good kind of soccer where these young guys can excel, to where thinking that maybe the 26 roster guy for Columbus isn't that bad right now? You know, yeah. so it almost makes me wonder because, I mean, they won the MLS Cup with Patrick Schulte um, with another guy named Max Arston who was an MLS Next Pro, pro player for the Quakes um, a couple of years ago. So – I don't know. I just I really think that Columbus has such a good whole kind of organization from top yeah. to bottom that it's possible for these smaller markets to do it. And and, and yeah, and to your point, they won MLS Next Pro last year. They made what? the final again this year. Um, but the, it's the Cleveland Browns owners, right? They they're an NFL franchise. They right. have right. tons of money. It's not like you know a Colorado or look at, a, no, I guess Colorado Cronky, has money. Yeah, Cronky actually, owns uh, the Rams. Um, yeah, yeah, but like DC United's a good example. I I could go through and like look at who like who's had teams for a while, uh, but there's some owners who literally can't. Like the 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 Cronky is just like he just doesn't want to, and it's just well, like just won't. why why do you own the team if you don't want to like play the team? Like 
you should try to have a team to win, you know? Look at San Jose. Uh, San Jose, the yeah. owner is, is Fisher. He owns the A's. He owns Gap. I mean, he owns a lot of things. And that's one where I feel like the best solution to answer your question on the last one, my apologies, um, was the Austin situation. Might be a perfect situation for the Quakes, too. The ownership gets to move a team to Vegas, gets next to the Las Vegas A's. He wants to be over there, and then a new ownership group comes and takes over the earthquakes. That might be the best case scenario to kind of, you know, get another owner in here that's ambitious, as yeah. well as kind of you, the older owner. You can have the easy money if you wanted. You have money. to spend it. Yeah, exactly. Or like spend. Yeah. He's gonna spend like pre-court. He's gonna spend a little more in his new market because it's shiny, right? So at least something that's a solution. Where hey, do you want to move? We'll give you this team. Just. You know, we'd have, we need another West Coast powerhouse or we need, uh, you know, original team to start spending money because if you're a guy in, in the middle of California, of course you're not going to choose the San Jose Earthquakes because their payroll is a fourth of what the LAFC is or the LA Galaxy. So it's just like, right. uh, you know. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, JVIC brings up a good question. Where's Nathan <laughs> going to end up at? Because uh, I did see you posted an article, I think today, yeah, or you did. reposted it with uh, the re second re-entries tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't realize Chicharito's still up for grabs, too? Yeah. Do you think, <laughs> you think he stays? So this is weird. No, he's not staying in L.A. Uh, or, or, sorry, excuse me. Excuse or me. Or an MLS. Me. He's not staying in the Galaxy. But if you're if you're Houston, why not? Oh. Right? Why yeah, not take a chance go. and pick Chicharito? You know, bring in another guy who's a veteran player uh, who can change that offense. I mean, Bassi's a great player, but in big game situations, you you might want to put Chicharito out there with Hector Herrera, and they have some sort of link up. But um, yeah, I mean, stage the re-entry draft is such a weird That's thing this insane. year because there's guys like Chicharito in there, even even Chiellini's in there, right? But of course, Chiellini retired, but yeah. But if Chicharito's gonna play again, I mean, so many teams pass on the stage two re-entry draft that it's like, shoot, if you're Colorado, just throw a flyer out. You know, like it doesn't cost you anything because you're already in this draft. I mean, maybe don't move up to try to sign a player like Chicharito, but if you're a 29th pick or 28th pick and shoot, throw a flyer at Chicharito, offer him a contract because then you own his MLS rights. So it's it's something where yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird one because there's players like Chicharito, even Josef Martinez, another guy who, who made a lot of money last year. Yeah. <laughs> Some people say he shows up to the lines then and takes out Simba every time. You know? so, uh, oh, I know. But, but a player like that, right, if you're Colorado, if you're San Jose, if you're even the LA Galaxy and you can sign Josef Martinez to a maybe a DP TAM contract, shoot, why not? Why not get a chance to have a proven goal scorer on your team um, for – for literally nothing because he's in this re-entry draft. A guy like Nathan, I saw one of the comments said, Nathan, that one's interesting because I don't think – You know who needs a center back? Yeah. You know who Antonio Carlos just left? Yeah, right. And that's and that's, and that's that's what I was thinking too. He's coming off of an ACL tear. Yes, he might not be the best player possible, but a guy like Nathan, I mean, can still provide great MLS minutes because he, he was a team of the week player before he tore his ACL – in Monterey, actually playing a U USL side, uh, but yeah, a guy like Miguel Trauco is another one where he made five hundred fifty thousand last year, um, and a lot of Quakes fans were weird about him getting let go. So uh, that's another player we can see. You know, maybe a team like Atlanta throws him three hundred, four hundred thousand, and if you're Miguel Trauco, why not? 
why not, you know, stay in MLS and, and, and have another opportunity with a different team. So yeah, the, the league's getting so much bigger that you're actually getting really good players in the re-entry draft. So it's just interesting. If you, if you have a chance to make Chicharito stay at a Houston or a Colorado, why not throw that flyer out there? Dude, that, that would, that would be, I look, I love Chicharito. I grew up with Chicharito. It's just one of those things where like, and it sucks to see what happened to him at LA, right? Cause when he was out there, it was it was great. And then the few times that you got to see him with Poosh, it was incredible. Right, like, right, right. But we just didn't get all that. He couldn't stay healthy. And it's just it really it really sucks to see. And I, I hope I do hope he stays in MLS. If Houston does sign Chicharito and they do do the unthinkable and, and sign him, jersey sales would go through the roof. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. I They'd mean, make I, more in jersey sales than they pay in him. Right, right. So if they can like I said in the article that I wrote, if they can sign him for like a two million, three million deal. I know it's a DP, but you know, that ownership group has a, some deep pockets and they want to be right. known. I mean, they want to make that brand bigger than what it is now. <laughs> a guy like Chicharito in the re-entry draft, you offer him $3 million, you make that in jersey sales alone, in my opinion. The Holy Trinity, Hector Herrera, Chicharito, and Ben Olsen. And, and, never, and, never get a better Trinity than that. And Carlos Vela. No. Oh, <laughs> the fighting Ben Olsons, man. The fighting Ben Olsons will live to fight another day. We are big fans of Ben Olson on this podcast as a, as a DC fan and, and former. Uh, he's a big former DC player and coach. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. We love we love our our uh, our Benny boy. I was um, out there when he was talking about the pitch in, at LAFC. I was yeah. right in front of him when he said that. And I was yeah. just like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, like, like, I knew exactly what the, what the title was. Pretty funny. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some more individual players, maybe some guys that you think could break out next season, could could get onto potentially new teams, or just you know, they're kind of coming into their own at the end of this year and next year they'll they'll kind of have a bigger role. Maybe, maybe a transfer out somewhere that, that allows a guy to get more playing time. Um, what are some of your kind of guys that you're looking for to to kind of step up next year? Yeah, look, um, a player like I've always said this for the past couple of years, but Benji Kukanovic should be a player that's on everybody's radar um, if you play so rare. I think he's a player that under Matias Almeida with the San Jose Earthquakes, he had a great, great future. Um, maybe, you know, had a couple of, you know, injuries that that stopped him from really reaching his potential. But I feel like if he comes in for Bobusi uh, in that kind of lineup or if he comes in on the wing for Cade Cal, I think Benji Kukanovic has an opportunity to score every single time. Um, Again, but this is also the appeal of him maybe having a transfer out to Europe. I know he was literally suitcase packed to to make that make that trip to Europe, and it just fell through. Uh, but this is a player that you could probably get on the cheap now. Yeah, um, there was uh, there was another guy by the name of Lucho Acosta who had his who had his suitcase packed to PSG, and and yeah. that transfer fell through, and he went to Mexico, came back, and and look where he is now. So yeah, still a young guy, twenty three years old, um, and he is. Dirt, dirt cheap right now. So you basically get them for free. And guess who? Guess who picked one up this off season? <laughs> I did. I had him yeah. last year when he was on that heater for a little bit. <laughs> he was, yeah. Another guy who who I think is going to have a bigger year than than last year is Max Arston, a player for the Columbus Crew who I know very dearly because I covered him at Quakes too. But he had a crazy goal versus Atlanta when Columbus uh, was playing in the playoffs. So he's going to be back in Columbus, and he's going to have more minutes. He's going to have a bigger role. Um, he's just a player that everywhere he's been at, 
it's has become a you know a very serviceable player for a team. And Nancy, if Nancy sticks around, has already seen that that he could be pretty serviceable in his system, and actually does give him a lot of minutes for an MLS Next Pro guy who was just drafted last year. Yeah, definitely an interesting shout. Again, another guy that's U twenty two or U twenty three, um, another guy that's dirt dirt cheap right now. Um, so if he does end up getting some playing time. Um, he scored three goals and had two assists already yeah. in his very, very brief uh, career. So um, he's definitely proven he can do it. And, and like you alluded to, his uh, his next pro exploits, um, very interesting guy to, to kind of watch out for. Yeah, he was the first player to ever get drafted from MLS Next Pro. So that one was interesting from the get. You know, he was just someone that always had a chip on his shoulder. You know, San Jose didn't give him the opportunity, but Columbus did. Nancy really liked him in preseason. And then, you know, he had a playoff goal and it's not easy to get a playoff goal. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. it was definitely interesting to see. Um, another player that comes to mind um, is going to be uh, Griffin Dorsey. I mean, Griffin Dorsey. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, My if, guy. if you guys don't know about him, you guys do, you guys, he, do. he, he, he became a silver darling uh, <laughs> on this little Houston run that uh, they went on. He, yeah. Uh, Griffin Dorsey put himself on the map this year. He's for sure. so good. I mean, he's a player who just got a payday with Houston. He's going to be someone in that lineup all the time. Uh, I, I think he's he's a future captain for that team if he wants to stay. Or if he wants to go to Europe, too, maybe he has a ceiling there. Uh, but but I thought he was phenomenal. He even got oohs and ahs from Lionel Messi himself when he scored in that U.S. Open Cup final. So uh, a player, I think, yeah, you guys know about Griffin Dorsey. But if you don't, I think with the new paycheck, with the new payday, He's a player that that would be on your radar. Anybody that Ben Olsen is willing to pay, we're willing to uh, to have on our teams for sure. We <laughs> love kinda, love us Griffin Dorsey. And you like kind of like mentioned it about like young players making that jump overseas. And I've been saying this like on like recent episodes, but like, do you think there's more incentive now for like younger players to maybe stay in MLS longer than they would have just because of where the league is going? And like, hey. A lot of eyeballs are now coming over here instead of go wasting away like on the bench somewhere yeah. or fighting for a spot. Are they like maybe more incentivized to stay? I don't know if you you've talked to some players here and they're like, mm, maybe I will stick around a little bit longer. Yeah, look, we all want to think MLS is there, but it's not there yet. I mean, if you're a guy like Aiden Morris, you already have two MLS cups on your belt. You're coming back as a hero. I mean, no matter what your stint happens in, in Europe and, and whatever happens in Europe, you guys know this USA fans are gung ho about a third <laughs> American striker, you know? So it, it doesn't, I, I don't think their marketability drops any bit. I mean, everybody knows Richie Ledesma, right? So it, it's something where it's like, you know, Americans just love their European based guys. And I, I don't think you drop any points of marketability. I don't think um, you, it, I don't think it's that big of a leap of faith. I think, you're going to come back to MLS with open arms. Look at Paul Areola. Look at Jordan Morris, right, where their stints didn't go too well. Um, and then they just came back and became superstars again. I mean, Paul with a little bit with DC United, I believe. Um, he had yeah. some good seasons there. And then with FC Dallas, he's a, he's someone that starts every game. So uh, Jordan Morris is a superstar again, right? So, yeah, I, I don't some think weeks. Yeah, some yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it. Yeah, yeah not the most right? consistent yeah. superstar on the planet, yeah. but uh, starting in the first three months, 
and then and then and then drop him, you know, and sell high, you know. So weirdly, it, it exactly lines up with when I bought and sell. Like when I buy him, he drops off a cliff, and then when I sell him, he's like, Oh, I think I'll start playing again. Um, so yeah, that that's how that works. If you didn't know, you can just look at my Soror gallery and anyone that I buy, you can just go ahead and start fading them because they're they're gonna be terrible. Another shout is actually Ordaz for LAFC. He's another guy who played in MLS Next Pro. Um, and got a lot of minutes for LAFC last year in that midfield. But I'm assuming this midfield is going to switch around a whole bunch. And you can probably get him on the real cheap because he's going to get – he should get some minutes this year, that's for sure. Yeah, only 19 years old, so definitely U23 for a while. Very, very cheap as well, uh, like you mentioned. Uh, and I love these guys that have, like, this kind of graph looking, right? Like, sub, yeah. sub, sub, sub. Like, they came on pretty consistently – uh, throughout the last half of the year, even really all the way back to June, right? He, he was getting time. So you love to see that kind of thing. And if, you know, and Elia is, is Elia moving on? Is Kevin Acosta, Acosta moving on? Acosta has his contract up and I, I don't think they may not bring him back. Uh, Bogush, um, you guys probably know about Bogush, but he's probably going to take that starting position. So if you can grab Bogush on the cheap right now, that's probably something that he will definitely get more minutes next year in that starting lineup. Yeah, for sure. Here, another quick shout out because Javix. Oh, 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 my Buda. guy. Yeah, I love us in Buddha. Hey, hey, Buddha. Buddha, baby. <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, Buddha is stuck in a very, very loaded wing position in San Jose. He might, you know, move on this season to another team, whether it's a loan or a transfer. Um, but Buddha has all the talent in the world. Uh, he could be, I mean, he goes down to MLS next pro and he becomes the best player on the pitch by far. Yeah. So this player is some, someone just needs a chance to take a chance on him. Um, and I do think that's going to come this year, but let, let me, let me talk to you about San Jose earthquakes winger position, right? You have Cade Cal where you want Cade Cal to get all the minutes because that transfer fee just keeps rising and rising and rising. If you give him all those minutes on top of that, you have a guy like Benji Kukanovic who gets winger minutes um, and has the chance to go to Europe already um, and has the potential to kind of make that next jump into being an MLS superstar, or not a superstar, but maybe a very, very good MLS player. So Oseni Buddha stuck in a position where even Jack Skein, another player who was an MLS next pro guy, was getting minutes over Buddha in crunch playoff minutes for the Quakes. So he's, I would say, maybe fourth on the depth chart for San Jose. And, and you know, there's, you know, rumblings about him wanting more playing time. So I would say, you know, if you want to take a chance on Oseni Buddha possibly getting a new team in the next couple of months, shoot. I mean, if he's cheap, go ahead and do it because I don't think they're going to waste this talent Sounds away. Sounds like a flip to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> buy, buy on that. Buy that transfer rumor. Sell the news. So, um, so, so this, this is what I was saying about. Is it okay for me to play so rare? Right. Oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. Get it. <laughs> get this gallery going. Two years from now, you'll have all the starters. You pay nothing for them. It's great. <laughs> Um, Look, no, you, just, you so, disclose everything; it's fine, right? Yeah. I think as long as you as long as you disclose it, that's all. Um, so, uh, funny story about Asani Buddha. Um, so, I did a deep dive on the I think it was the twenty one draft class. Uh, mm -hmm. The one with Salentano, the one with Schulte, the one with Kip yeah, yeah. Keller, another one of my favorites. Um, and Asani Buddha was like the guy. Him and him and Thor Torrenson. Tor I still don't know yeah. how to say his name. Um, those two were like the guys that I was like honed in on for more forwardy um type of guys like more attacking type of guys uh, and i just like i just want him to get a chance like i watched so much film and i'm just like i want him to like 
pan out so that I can uh, so that I can finally cash in on my Asini Buddha, which I've had five of and I've had for like years. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, I, I do think he's going to have that break. And I don't know if it's this yeah. year. Unfortunately, the Quakes just have way too much talent on the wings. Uh, Espinosa on the other side is is an MLS MVP candidate. Yeah. I'm not going to move him. Um, I should play. Yeah, I should. Have. <laughs> uh, so a guy like Max, like I was, I talked about Max Arston again. He was a Quakes two guy, and then he had Buda, Kakanovich, Katie Cal, Espinosa all in front of him. So that was a guy who was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and declare for the draft, and if another team wants to use me and utilize me, now right. he's an MLS Cup champion, right? So. I, I truly think that Oseni Buda can make a roster on another MLS team that needs wing help. I don't know. I, I would I would have Oseni Buda as more talented than Kevin Cabral right now, to be honest with you. But <laughs> that's disrespectful to Kevin yeah. Cabral. <laughs> hey, I, I I like Oseni Buda. I've watched a lot of his games. Um, the confidence will come once he gets yeah. those games under his belt. Um, but yeah, every time he plays MLS Next Pro, he's the instantly the best player on the team. Just manning those 16 17 year olds off the ball and and just you know scoring bangers in so uh, yeah i, I want to see it translate and he had an okay season with san jose i don't think he had a bad one um it's just they brought in matthew hoppy and uh io akinola which io akinola yeah. didn't do much either so Wild. Um, yeah I, there's so many names i'm just buying all the names because one of them at least is gonna is gonna come out uh, fun fact, Kevin Cabral and Asini Buddha are the exact same price, which is uh, interesting to me. Yeah, that you is definitely want one, not the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, with uh, with so rare, you can buy younger players, right? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, Cruz Medina. I mean, that's the one that. Oh, we love Cruz. Yeah. It, it, that's one where it's like that one can shoot yeah. the stars with that one. So that one's a good one. Uh, Kevin Vargas is another one who, who a lot of people are looking at for Charlotte. Oh, um, I, lo- I love him. He's he's just so silky on the ball. I love watching him play. So yeah. you, I, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, so you may not know the answer to this, but yeah. goalkeeper is a very important position so rare, and especially okay. U23 goalkeepers. So sure. Roman Salentano is a god, right? Schulte, god. I think, is still U23. God, right? Yeah. Uh, who is the next young goalkeeper that's going to get a chance in MLS? Mm. That one's tough, but the guy from Austin, too, uh, the name's escaping me, but he just won the goalkeeper in MLS Next Pro. Um but he he won the goalkeeper wars too in uh in DC. Oh, he won the goalie wars, right? Yeah, that's that, right. So, but I think he's gonna get the next chance. And a lot of people in Austin are, loss. Uh Stuver. Yeah, I think it is loss. I, I want to say it's loss. But a lot of people are saying that he's gonna get the next chance because Stuver was a little shaky. This guy's next up. If it's not this year, it's the next year. But yeah, a lot of people are saying loss is, is the next up because he was a big reason why they won the MLS next pro championship at the end so we we were going to talk about risers and fallers right but uh are, what are we saying about austin fc are we are we, are we going to get another overcorrection an overcorrection down like another overcorrection up again what, what's where, where are we going honestly, with austin and their new goalkeeper maybe honestly mls has changed so so much in the last two years where if they don't get anybody to help drew i mean rigoni is not really helping so if you don't get someone to help drew and take those double teams off going to be tough sailing i mean i don't think obreon is going to push the envelope for them um so i still think they need a little more on that offensive kind of front uh shoot throwing a guy like oseti buddha you know so who knows <laughs> right so no i i think yeah, it's tough to see this whole wolf debacle 
Austin really going anywhere, right? Our, our yeah. Pereira, Pereira is leaving, you know, like what's going on with that defense? They need a center back. They need a couple. Maybe Nathan goes there, right? So uh, I don't know. I just I think that team has a lot of question marks going into this next year that I wouldn't put them anywhere in the playoff line, to be honest. That's what I said going into this year, and everybody laughed at me. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think Diego Fagundes can repeat this ridiculous performance from 2021. But you know, it's funny. Uh, and it didn't, him, it didn't work. Huh? They traded they him. It got worse. Yeah, yeah. no, they, tra- they traded him now, but like he was there at the start of this year. Right. Um, and I was like, yeah, he's he's not doing that again. There's no way. Like, he's, he's a solid player but he was like ridiculous in 2021 so right, right. yeah i i kind of think that's kind of where they are is is you know uh, maybe fighting for a playoff spot some years um at least for now so it'll be interesting to see i actually think that was the worst trade of, of the last year uh trading away a person that really bought into your system really bought into your city really loved being you know the first free agent signing for austin um and probably he had his best season there because of the whole situation. Right. So I, I, I didn't see that as a good move at all. They got what 200 K gam and, and memo Rodriguez who wasn't doing well <laughs> in LA or Houston yeah. the year before. And you know, this guy, cause you played him multiple times. Shoot. Inter Miami got 250 K in gam, just moving 12 spots back in the super draft where <laughs> it's like, you could have got that money elsewhere. You don't have to trade away your fan favorite or, or yeah. someone that's, really involved with austin right so or international spots since those are hot apparently you're just right right exactly and lucho costa is going to be getting a citizenship soon so that's going to be interesting that's awesome um you have do you have any uh any other ones jorge where are we going next no i don't know is there uh, we, we've been here for an hour we don't want to take up too much of your time i, I mean I, i'm totally fine i'm having a blast talking. Hey, like they were talking about <laughs> last dude. yeah all right you know, well then hey, give me uh do- Go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say, do you have a topic? What do you want to cover? What do you want to ask us? Yeah, let, yeah. Let me, all right. Here we go. Let's switch you get up the script here. All right. All right. Yeah. What's one gem in so rare you guys are looking at? Who you want to know? Mine? My gallery. Here we go. You answer yeah. first. And and I'm I'm really big. I've already planted my flag that Thomas Chankalai at New England is going to be one of the best. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He season. looks good. He looks good. He looks like he's in flashes, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. He seems a little hot-headed. The only thing that I'm very concerned about is sometimes you see him, and then boy, he be getting hot, and yeah. I'm like, uh oh, well, it gets a little questionable. But with, I'm pretty sure he's going to be one of the better forwards this next season. With what, Gustavo what Blue out, right? I mean that that pan, el pantera. You have a whole bunch of sp- goals to score. Who's going to score those goals? That's true. But how is New England going to be though? They went through the whole Bruce Arena thing that completely just put a dagger in the heart of new england so do they do the can they bounce back immediately from that because uh things were looking rough there at the end yeah i mean it's tough right i mean to bounce back without who you have to find another superstar i mean heel is a great player i mean he's always gonna be in the thick of things and i don't know if you guys noticed it but he'll get pretty mad out there like he gets yeah. pretty pissed off and then impressors he's not he doesn't hold back and and I guess you want a guy like that. I mean, he's, he really wants to win in MLS. So that's something that every team needs, right? Some some fire. And I think with that fire, they're always going to be in it or they're going to be completely out of it. But I think it's going to be more of they're in it. Uh, I would say stock up for New England. I, I I think if they, you know, maybe get a little younger on their center back, uh, yeah, on their center backs where you have, I think, Farrell and 
Gonzalez playing. You yeah. know, maybe you know it's tough because you got to fit Miami somewhere in that playoff. You know, <laughs> yeah, who um, drops out, right? Right. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. And I think Charlotte's gonna go up. I think Vargas, Sivarski, uh, and um, Copetti are gonna have better seasons. I think those yeah. three are gonna have better seasons than last. But who do you drop out, right? So that's that's the biggest thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. The East is so weird. The East is so weird. Loaded. It's loaded. It, it's is it, is it Philly though? It's going in a rebuild. Too, don't, right? so, don't bet against Jim Curtin, guys. That's all I'm saying. He can take but, nobodies and win. This is the first I, time like, there's real this, question marks, though. Magic. Like this is the no, first time you could actually. There, were, go. there were question marks when Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie left, and they're like, "How are they going to replace those guys? Like they've never had anybody else that's any good." Um, and and he got them better. You know, it's it, I don't know. I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until he uh until he proves he can't win. Well, well, I'm I'm on uh, I'm on his side for sure. But it's funny because this whole it's a Columbus Miami race, right? But then you have Cincinnati, where it's like, yeah, we just want the supporter shield. What's going on? Like, and then you have they hold on to everybody, man. Right? So I don't know. Oh well, Vasquez might leave, right? Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's gonna be Bupenza and Acosta kind of leading the lines there. So don't forget uh, Barriel. Yeah, Bar oh Barriel might leave too, though. Yeah. So that that one's the one that everyone's kind of saying where you know Barrios might leave, but but they're getting Miles Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good two two USMNT hotheads, yeah, baby. Referees have no chance now. <laughs> speaking, speaking of USMNT here, I'm gonna give you my my under the radar pick. Who I don't know might not be under the radar, right? Colorado sucks, right? We get it. They were terrible. They didn't give Darren Yappy a chance. At some point, just throw the kid on the field. Let him play a whole season. You're, no. you're terrible anyway. Uh, and let's see what we get. Because I think this kid could be really good. And I want to see him develop. Him and uh, Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy. I'm like, just get them on the field. Your teams are terrible. You have one good asset. You need to play them. Um, so both of those guys are uh, are my two uh, under-the-radar guys that I hope will break out. What um, I know this is a weird question, but... Omir Fernandez is a guy who's going to get a lot more playing time now and under Armas again. Is he like at an expensive price point right now? Like, cause everybody kind of knows that, or is it more like. Not really. Uh, he's, he's pretty cheap to be honest. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of his. I've never I'm had been really. I've tried. Um, I've tried. To get I him think Jorge's Fernandez a bigger fan than I am, but the I thing, just, I never the thing about Omir Fernandez and like sober, which is funny enough. Like sometimes like a player like on the pitch you'll see him he's like oh he's always involved he's active you know he's yeah. facilitated for the team it doesn't always translate to so rare sometimes with like the way the scoring is and like the way that passes are and you know missed passes and duels <laughs> lost in one so you would think yeah omir fernandez is like oh he should be a darling because he's so he was so important for the red bulls this year but like you look at his scores you're like why isn't he scoring better yeah so, <laughs> so this is a big this is a big one for me. I mean, in a lot of sports, you always go where the money is, right? Like, so if if we're paying Griffin Dorsey a brand new contract, he's gonna be a, a namestay in that in that roster and that right. starting eleven. But Omir Fernandez, you got to remember this was the youngest free agent of all time. So yeah. this is someone where he's also the first one to sign this offseason. He said, "I'm going to play for Chris Armas." He's sold me on this Colorado. I mean. We're talking about Colorado here. We're not talking about <laughs> we're not talking about LA. You know, they sold him a project for sure. 
because he was the first free agent that was signed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. And he's also the youngest free agent. So didn't even care about his other options. So that means they got big plans for him in Colorado, in my opinion. We'll see if he can actually perform. Yeah, right. Can he replace Dak Price and, and Diego Rubio? So, so, like right now, Julian Gressel is heavily linked to Inter Miami. Do so rare fans already know that? Like, would it be a, a valuable thing to just go buy him right now and then flip him in two weeks when they officially announce it? Um, yeah. see, I mean, dude, you're you uh, you got this. Yeah, yeah but is you it got fair? this. Is it fair though? I don't think it's fair. <laughs> so that's his price chart right now. So, so this he is was down that here. Oh, okay, okay. And then this was MLS Cup, right? And then, and then uh, the athletic this is, this is normal. <coughs> it's pretty yeah. high at the moment. So you you could see that people are yeah. already catching on. They're following the news. They're like, "Hey, this is this looks like a real deal." And yeah, they're already getting prepared. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, is he they... is he the new um who is it? CJ Sapong that wants to play for every single team or well, one of no, those Kai old... Kamara man? Kai Kamara. There we go. Yeah. yeah, is he the new Kai Kamara that's just gonna play for every single MLS franchise before he retires? Like, man yeah. gets traded like twice a year. Right, right. Literally. Starting yeah. Atlanta, DC, Vancouver, Columbus, now Miami potentially. Like so, he's making the rounds. He's not even that old. Here's a question for you guys. Why wouldn't you just look at the biggest free agents right now? Or when the when the, the list came out, just pick up those guys when they're free agents. And of course they're going to go to better situations, right? So a guy like Jonathan Mensa maybe wasn't getting the best playing time in San Jose, but if he goes to Atlanta, he takes that miles Robinson spot. Um, why wouldn't you just do that every year? Right. You could to some degree, but a lot of it's baked in, right? Everybody kind of thinks that way. So everybody can go and look at the biggest free agents and go, Oh, we're going to take him. Now Mensa specifically is dirt dirt cheap. Um, it's cause so he's older though. Yeah. He's older. He hasn't been like, very good in two, three years, but he was really good in Columbus, right? Yeah. He was really good back here, but it's been a while since he's really proven it. And I think people probably think he's lost a step. Also, youth is king because you're getting these guys for like multiple years. Right. Um, so if he goes to Atlanta for one year, is it really worth it? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there is to some degree, there is a lot of that. And, and you're kind of like, um, you're kind of like playing against everybody else in the market too, which is the fun part is you kind of have to be on him before everybody else is, if that makes sense. Yeah, but if you're playing so rare, you already like soccer. You know the guy. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. all diehards for sure. Yeah. Hey, you better watch out though, because after this, if enough people watch, you're going to start sliding into your DMs all the time and uh, be like, <laughs> yo, where's this guy going? You're, hey, you have this news. And uh, yeah, if you open up those floodgates to so rare people, man, they, they, they will come for you. Hey, look. Also I'm not Tom Bogart, all right? Tom Bogart's a guy. So if you want to talk yeah, soccer, sure, we'll talk soccer. But you want transfer rumors, I'm not Tom Bogart. That's But, like, honestly, like, while we're just kind of just, like, go making the rounds, is there a lot of chatter about Silver in MLS circles? Like, is it, like, known? Do people know what it is, whether they can play or not or are interested? Like, is the name actually floating around in conversations? Well, I, I don't think – I'm a fair example because I'm in the industry and and I kind of know when players are like, oh, yeah. Like I talked to Tesho Akindeli. I don't know if you guys. Have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tesho was a good friend of mine. I used to work on a show with him um, and he would talk about, you know, all these little opportunities where so rare, excuse me, gives a player a one of a lifetime card. And, and he was telling me about so rare back in the day. Yeah, of course, I'm going to sign up for this, you know, one of one card that I can sell later on for for an X amount of dollars because it's an investment. And it kind of came out at the same time as NFTs. And mm -hmm. and, and it, 
it was just everybody was in that crypto sphere and and i think that i think if you're a fut fan if you like fifa ultimate team this is the next level right this is grad you graduated from the tutorial and let's go <laughs> big boy stuff and you know what's funny is like I'm sitting here playing FIFA and I'm like, dude, like if I played so rare and I do where this guy was going, you know, like that's wild. Like, like it's, it's completely wild to me because people uh, play off of, you know, this stuff. So uh, no, I just, I, yeah, I think I've heard about it a lot, actually, I, especially with the players. I know a lot of players that were like signing up for that one of one card. And then that's when I truly got an idea. And then I also have a friend who, uh, you know, does so rare, where they take the headshots of all the players in, in Syria. So oh, really, uh, yeah, he, he's a cool guy. Uh, so he, he's out there doing that, but nice. yeah. Yeah. So I, I do have so rare in my feet all the time. And I'm like, yeah. is this, I always think about it. Like I said earlier, is it ethical? Is it not? You know? <laughs> Jay well, I mean, so they it's... haven't told you no. Right. Right. Yeah. No one said it explicitly, you know, it's, uh, Javik says he's sending you a referral link, and uh, yeah, that's not happening. We're sending you our referral link, so <laughs> get out of our space, Javik. Uh, but no, so, it's it's so much fun. Like you, you, you get to play, you get to know these guys, you follow their right. careers, right? And then you're winning. You can win cash. You can win other players. You can win jerseys. You can win hats. You can win like MLS. Uh, so sent us the MLS Cup, like it, once in a lifetime experience for us. Uh, even though we went last year too um but <laughs> once in a lifetime's experience you know going to premier league games going to going to dutch games going to champions league games right. like there's all kinds of like crazy like in real life experiences uh that they do that that uh you guys over on the sidelines probably don't care as much about because you get to do it every day but for like a general sports fan it's incredible to be able to do some of the some of the stuff that they have access to it's awesome well trust me every time I mean, when I saw Columbus singing their hearts out, oh that really hit me. I mean, it was, I was so cool. I was about to cry, man. I was like, dude, I do this here for a living. That's wild. You know, like yeah. I, I'm living a dream, so I'm always grateful for that. So I understand how so rare can can put you in those situations, and and, and of course you're grateful, right? It's so cool. It's such a cool thing. And what's yeah. really cool about it is like all these players I just said probably have less than 10k followers on Instagram. So again, you really become you know, you help these guys get a fan base and you help these guys market themselves. And at the end of the day, shoot, if a player gets big on so rare, maybe he gets a different opportunity with Adidas or with body yeah. armor or with uh, a different clothing line because now they have more followers. Right. So it's really hand in hand. I mean, it's intertwined. I think if a player blows up, like I said, uh, you were talking about Thor uh, today. I followed Thor on Instagram because that boy drippy. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> and I was thinking like, damn, this guy only has 2,000 followers on Instagram. Like, Yeah, no one knows about him. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And I was like, dude, I mean, he's a, he's a, he comes in on and, and plays striker for Houston Dynamo, a team that made the semifinal, right? So right. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was wild. And, and I think Sorare is doing a great job kind of highlighting these players and, and possibly giving these players another opportunity at more marketing deals because they have more fans yeah. and, and they have a bigger, you know, kind of circle. I would say we have we have one guy, one of our friends from Scotland. Uh, his, his name is Hoodwink on So Rare, uh, and he's big fans of a guy. Is he Korean or Japanese in in the Korean league? Do you know? Sasenia. I think it's uh, Korean league. Uh, Sasenia. I think he plays for Daegu. I think they're in the Korean yeah. league. Yeah. Um. But they're like they're like best friends on social media, like oh, actual cool. best friends. He's like talked to Sasenia's mom or something. Like it's it's <laughs> wild. Like he signs stuff for him. It's it's great. It's so like those like personal connections are are so cool. And and 
like it's a random dude from Scotland and a dude in in Asia, right? Like right. It's, it's like you never would have thought these guys would be friends, but um, Hoodwink had his card on on uh, on so rare, and he played so well and won so much stuff. And, and Hoodwink's a fan for life for sure now. Well, it's like it's 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 going to be interesting to see who or like what team or whatever like learns like about this system and leverages that for their own marketing because they don't realize that there were a ton of people in Europe that didn't ever care about the MLS, never watched yeah. the MLS, had no reason to, and are now like big time fans. You know, they ran a contest where if you placed high or like number one collectors of the Philadelphia union, just got a one, one on one, you know, ask me anything with Andre Blake and it's on YouTube. Oh, and like, yeah, you can yeah. go look it up. It's on their YouTube. And it was like, it's Fede from like Germany. There was a guy from France, like all these guys that are giant Andre Blake fans because they had his goalkeeper card and they like won him stuff. And like, there's so much leverage to be had to grow your fan base more than just the people that live in your hometown that yeah. whoever finds it out, discovers it and exploits it first is going to be happy. They did because there, there is something here and silver has found a way to literally connect fans to clubs deeper on a deeper level. It's cool. Yeah. And I think, I think players can do a little better job too. Right. So it's like, um, I think a lot of players need to have a bigger social media presence. And I talked to Tesho about this like a couple years ago too. And I was just like, Hey, Andre, I, you know, what's funny is I actually saw Andre Blake's post about it. You know, Hey guys, yeah. I'm on YouTube with so rare. And, and I thought that was so cool because that's the first Andre Blake post I've ever seen, you know, so <laughs> it was obviously a big thing, a big deal. So I don't know, like if you're a guy like Thor, why don't you reach out to so rare and be like, Hey, let's do something, you know, let's do some, or. I mean, see, maybe it's a little more with agents then. Like, agents need to know mm. a little bit more about So Rare, and that's going to kind of come with time. But, I mean, everybody loves Ultimate Team. Everybody likes yeah. Ultimate Team, right? So why not just do it real life? You know, why, why not do real life Ultimate Team? Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Javik had the best comment here. If you want to put it up there. Which one? Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he's in now. They yes. totally sucked hey, in. Hey, give me an account. We're gonna get friend requests. It's I've always wanted to play. I just don't know if it's ethical, you know. So we're gonna get a DM be like, yo, should I buy this guy? Is it a good purchase? Like <laughs> Don's gonna call me up straight up, man. Hey, you can't play this. You can't do this. Man, Don, after last Friday, you're not gonna let me do this now. Come on, man. Let yeah. us have some fun. <laughs> no, no, it's, oh my god. It's it's I a fun it. game, and I'm glad, I'm glad, you know this is apple tv kind of went hand in hand with this too yeah right so people in europe can now watch mls if they want to right so mm -hmm. i don't know I, I think people are are a little too crazy about the price point i think games could be a little more spread out i think um i and, and i think they are this year so we'll see we'll see them kind of be a little more spread out so you can watch more more games awesome well, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute blast. You're welcome back anytime. We're, yeah. we're always down to talk more footy. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for coming on the pod. No, yeah, the, pleasure, the pleasure is all mine, guys. I had a blast. I mean, shoot, I didn't even realize we were talking for an hour and 20 minutes. I was, I was <laughs> going to go three. Yeah, right? This yeah, happens but, uh, every week. We're like, we've got to keep it to like 45 minutes. Fine, and then it, it goes like an hour and a half. And it's like, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, no, no, I had a blast. Thank you guys so much for having me on pleasure of mine and who knows maybe maybe i start writing for sbi about so rare guys right oh, so there you go you know i'm telling you he's gonna slide in our dms asking us questions yeah right That's like nice. hey hey uh <laughs> this guy's good Should I yeah, yeah but uh but before we go uh where can people find you uh do you have anything going on anything you want to promote real quick uh any links anything? new job my guy on? 
yeah yeah i mean uh i i you know got a new gig at sbi soccer uh plenty of good good writers have gone through that system and i'm excited to be a part of the team um yeah i mean look out for my content on sbi soccer and then you can find me at fabian Renkel. if you're on threads this one this one's a big one Ooh. i'm on threads and i post Ooh. mls news on threads all the time so there's only a couple of us like joe lowry and ben wright uh, we post a lot on threads and and uh, a little alpha people. for you guys. Take that, so, Tommy Scoops. No, Tommy Scoops is on there too. Oh Tommy no, too. but but he's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Scoops is inevitable. All right, you know he's gonna <laughs> be the first to drop the news, and he's always gonna do it. Uh, not, shout out to Tommy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, threads. If you're on threads, I'm at uh, I am Fabian Wrinkle. So same thing, but. I had to shout out Becky G, you know, I am Becky G. So <laughs> well, there, you go. there it is. There you have it. X is dead. It's all about threads now.